Hi, I'm Rebecca. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Allie, and you're listening to Desk Chair Detectives. I'm ready. I'm ready. Hello. 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 <laughs> I never know how to start all, these. I know. Well, I listen to all these podcasts where they're like so put together and they have like a little thing and we're like, hello. <laughs> It's just a, have a weird sound at the end of every episode too because we never know how to say goodbye either <laughs> we're just so awkward and need everything about this to be awkward sorry right. it's just for fun yeah. yeah all right rebecca you're up are we it ready better, it better be a good one i think it's pretty good it's, i think it's pretty good i had i had a good time looking it up at, <laughs> I really enjoyed myself. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to go now. I just keep okay. saying stupid shit. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So I'm going to start this off with a question for everyone, for all two of you, for okay. you. Because you know how, like, in school, they tell you to, like, reel your readers, well, in this case, listeners in with a question. Sure. We're going to do it. So raise your hand if, not, like, right now. But like, oh, okay, okay. But raise your hand if a family member of yours has ever annoyed you. Oh, gosh. I don't have enough hands. Yeah. Raise all the hands. For each time. A hand yeah. for each time. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just sit here. I need to be squid waving to like that. a cat. <laughs> but I'm sure everybody who is listening, all three of you, um, also raise your hand. So when a family member annoys you, what what's like your go-to reaction like personally i love an eye roll or like a silent treatment i tell tell them them, obviously yeah (laughs) okay is that where this is going (laughs) well i mean those are normal reactions right you tell them you ignore them you roll yeah i tend to ignore because it just turns into a fight (laughs) i tell them that they're annoyed but i mean reasonable all normal but um for today's story I'm going to tell you about a time or rather multiple times that family annoyance led to murder. So this is the story of the Stoddy family murders where almost, well, well, where two, almost three murders slipped through the fingers of police. (gasps) Okay. So before I get into the case, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the Stoddy family. So they were a family of six that resided in Springfield, Missouri. Diane and Mark were high school sweethearts and the parents to four children, three girls, Sarah, Rachel, and Brianna, and one boy, Sean. I have a question. Yes. Does Sarah have an H or not? She has an H. Okay. I hope she survives. (laughs) I'm taking your silence as it's not looking good for (laughs) Uh, just just wait we'll we'll get to sarah trust me we'll get to sarah okay so diane and mark shared a love of music diane was the organist at their redeemer lutheran church and mark was the lead singer and guitarist of a blues band called messing with destiny oh i like that name right So for Mark, music was a huge part of his life, and he actually relied on his band as his main source of income, Um, although he did, like, bartend on the side to make extra cash. Uh, But, like, 
most of the time he was just a stay-at-home dad. However, raising four children proved to be hard to do on the incomes of musicians. So Diane kind of put her career in music on the back burner and became a nurse. But she did still like play the organ for the church. Um, Diane's job as a nurse became the Stoddy family's main source of income. So she was the breadwinner of the family. So at the time of our story in 2012, all four of the Stoddy children lived at home, despite three out of four of them being adults. Sean was the oldest son of the family at 26. He was autistic and couldn't live on his own, so he relied on his parents to take care of him. Sarah, the eldest, the next eldest at 24, moved back in with her family after she graduated college and was struggling to find a job. Normal. Relatable. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, she also had a shit ton of student debt. Also relatable. <laughs> Not anymore <laughs> for me. Thank you. Thank, thanks, Edmondson. Um, and then Brianna, she was the youngest at 12. She was in fourth grade and had a learning disability. So Rachel was 22 and the golden child of the Stoddy family. She was an exceptional student, a very talented artist, and following in her parents' footsteps was a musician. She played the flute a lot of the time with her mom at church was a math and chemistry whiz, and she frequently wrote poetry. So it was pretty clear to like everyone that Rachel was Diane's favorite kid. In Diane's eyes, Rachel was much more accomplished compared to her other children and often sung Rachel's praise to anybody who would listen. Diane posted on Facebook quite frequently of how proud she was of Rachel shared a lot of photos of them together and commented on Rachel's posts a lot. <laughs> Diane would rarely share any information or photos of her other children with the exception of one photo of Sarah when she graduated from college in her cap and gown, but everything else was just about Rachel. Diane's relationship with Rachel was super different from the ones that she had with her other children. They were just a very close pair. April 8th, 2012 was Easter Sunday. Diane got up to go to church and play the organ for the Sunday service. When she came home, Diane found Mark dead in their bed. I'm just like, I have not heard anything about this. Really? I know literally none of these names. Nothing sounds familiar. Well, this is exciting. And now he's just dead. Yeah. I mean, they were a normal family, working class family, and she came home from church and found her husband dead. And so Diane immediately called 911 for help. So when the police arrived, they questioned Diane about Mark's health, like leading up to his death. She told police that Mark hadn't been feeling too well for a couple of days. He was sleeping more, eating less, and feeling weak with flu-like symptoms. Diane also told police that Mark had a couple seizures that day, but never had a history of seizures before. Hmm. So like now you're thinking your husband's sick with like pretty serious symptoms that would warrant a visit to a hospital, an urgent care, or like yeah. even like your primary doctor. But um, 
why? Why did we not go see a doctor? Mark could have been alive. Sleep it off. Yeah. Yeah. But Diane told police that Mark didn't want to see a doctor. He didn't want to call a doctor. He just didn't want to deal with any doctors. She insisted. So police talked to members of Mark's band as well, since they had seen him in the days before he passed away. And Mark's band told police that he seemed a little off at rehearsals and that he looked yellow the last time that they saw him. So they did an autopsy and the medical examiner found that there was no foul play or a struggle involved with Mark's death. The only thing that the medical examiner found that seemed to be interesting enough to report was there was a ring of dried blood around his mouth. Oh, so since Mark, yeah, since Mark didn't live a particularly healthy lifestyle, the medical examiner ruled Mark's death to be of natural causes. Oh, so following his death, Diane decided to have a memorial service for him. They didn't have a funeral, just like a small service. Mark's band played at the service and they played one of his favorite songs. And something I found like in my research that was like heartbreaking was that Mark's band was like finally gaining some traction and they started booking like more and more gigs around the area. So it's just like another layer of like sadness because I mean, he's also leaving his wife and children and his band and it's just sad. And he's not like young, right? Like he's been working at this for like so long. Yeah. He was 61 when he died. Oh, Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like, if you die from like a sketchy way and it, yeah, maybe it could be natural causes, but then your significant other is like no funeral. And if there, <laughs> and if there is something they like cremate you immediately Yeah, <laughs> or just do a memorial service, like that is a giant red flag to me. <laughs> well, get ready for some more red flags. <laughs> I am ready. I am on the ride, ready to go. So like we've said before, on this podcast that people grieve differently like we never know how we're going to react to like a tragedy yeah but mark's bandmates made note that during mark's memorial service diane was acting more like the host of a party not someone who was grieving the loss of their husband i don't know why i just pictured her like walking around with like pigs in a blanket (laughs) Like the, I immediately pictured the, uh, I didn't even watch Schitt's Creek, but I pictured uh, Moira. (laughs) Yes, yes. Like, uh, he's dead. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. So while they did think it was weird, they thought what we do, like everyone grieves differently. Maybe she was just being really strong for her kids because she did have four children that just lost a father. So Diane eventually had Mark cremated and then she collected his $20,000 life insurance policy. And with that, she put a down payment on a bigger house for her and her four kids. 20,000. That's what he was worth. Yeah. That, that, I mean, at least like there was no evidence of her like upping his insurance policy, like a couple of months. Yeah, that's true. Well, you said she has a, She's going to get away with a couple more. <laughs> we don't know what's her. We don't know what's we her. Don't know, we don't know what's her. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Everyone's innocent, Allie. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Everyone's I mean, innocent until minute mark 38 of this podcast. 
uh, there might be a twist who knows oh okay so life started to move on for the Stoddy family but another tragedy was soon around the corner just five months later on a sunday in september diane returned home from church to find her 26 year old son sean dead on the floor of their new home just 147 days after his dad passed away Oh no. When the police arrived, Diane told them that for about three weeks leading up to his death, Sean was experiencing headaches, nausea, diarrhea, and body aches. All symptoms Diane said she thought were like consistent with the flu. She also told police that Sean was having seizures, but that he had a history of epilepsy. Again, Diane said Sean didn't want to see a doctor, just like her dad his dad. So she never thought to seek medical help for him. Mm. When the autop, what were we going to say something? No, just, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if it wasn't for the move, like that they moved to a bigger house, I would have been like, there's toxic mold or like something's going on like environmentally, but Mm. not looking good. good point. So when the autopsy was performed on Sean, the medical examiner found the same ring of dried blood around Sean's mouth like his father Mark had when he died. Wow. Who would have Something guessed? about <laughs> uh, the way you said like dried blood, like ring of blood around their mouth makes me feel ill. And it's not the best visual. <laughs> I'm picturing like a milk mustache of blood. <laughs> I don't know why and it's speeding me out I can't promise this is the last time I mentioned that actually it might be the last time I mentioned this let's just not talk about the the, the dried blood unless okay, it comes up okay. again okay <laughs> okay well despite the similarity of the thing um the, <laughs> the medical examiner concluded that there was no foul play involved in Sean's death and that he died of pre-existing medical conditions. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so unlike Mark's death, Diane decided not to have any type of service for Sean. She didn't mm-hmm. even release an obituary for him. <sighs> Poor Sean. Yeah, he was cremated and the family just scattered his ashes and that was it. He was the autistic son? Yeah, and the oldest. Wow, those are all the red flags. (laughs) So again, Diane and now her three daughters had to move on from not one but two sudden deaths of their immediate family. Mark's bandmates said that it must have been just a string of bad luck that a family could suffer deaths so unexpectedly so close together. Or was it? Yeah, I mean it does happen. It happened, but yeah. I don't know, the exact same way, and she's being a sketchball about it. Mm-hmm. So, in June of 2013, nine months after Sean's death, Sarah was rushed to the hospital. Not Sarah. Doctors quickly realized that Sarah was an organ failure and was suffering a brain hemorrhage. Sarah was eventually stabilized, but was in pretty bad shape. She had permanent brain damage, and doctors concluded that she would have to relearn most basic skills, including walking and talking. Wow. Oh, God. 
So because of Sarika's critical condition, um, she had to stay in the hospital to recover. And when she was in the hospital, she rarely had visitors and her own mother, Diane, barely came to see her. That's so um, sad. How old was Sarah again? 24. Okay. So people who worked at the hospital noticed that when Diane did even come to see her daughter, she didn't stay long and she didn't seem affected by how critical her daughter's condition really was. Uh, when I was like reading stuff about this, one of the staff members at the hospital said that Diane was saying that even though Sarah was in the hospital, she wouldn't let that get in the way of her upcoming vacation. And she would also like joke around with the hospital staff and like wasn't really like attending to Sarah. She was just kind of like socializing with the staff. Like making an appearance like to show, yeah. you know. So um, during Sarah's recovery, many of her tests were like coming back negative for various illnesses. It seemed like there was nothing like internally that triggered her organ failure and neurological problems. Like she was brought into the hospital without like an event happening. So they were thinking like it must have been an illness or something like internally with her that was going on. Yeah. But nothing was coming up in any of the tests. So Sarah's doctors became like pretty wary of the situation and because of those negative tests and the strange behavior noted from Diane, Sarah's doctors started to think that she may have been poisoned. The mom didn't say like when, did the mom go to the hospital with her when she was like rushed in? Like, yeah, she was home. Yeah. She she was was like, I don't know. Something just started happening. She doesn't feel good. Yeah, they just rushed her to the ER because she was just, like, acting strange and just really not feeling well. Hmm. So, like, while all of this was happening with Sarah, the Springfield police got an anonymous tip that said Diane could have been behind Mark and Sean's deaths in addition to poisoning her daughter, Sarah. That was enough for police to open an investigation and look at Mark and Sean's deaths like they weren't from natural causes and pre-existing medical conditions. So with the information they had about Sarah's condition, and then when they looked at those similarities between Mark and Sean, like the seizures, the symptoms that mirrored the flu, the ring of dry blood around their mouths, sorry, (laughs) I had to mention it again, plus that Yeah, plus that anonymous tip that said, like, it could be poison. Um, The police discovered that all of these symptoms were consistent with ethylene glycol poisoning. And yeah, ethylene glycol is the main ingredient in antifreeze. (gasps) Oh, Mm. yum. (laughs) So, like, Despite all of this information that they put together, there was no like evidence. This was only a theory that police had. But um, the police really wanted to talk to Diane, but they knew they had to be like super careful because there was no evidence. Like this woman could be a monster or she could just be a grieving woman who lost her husband and her son and like almost a daughter. Yeah. So. When police questioned Diane, they quickly learned that she had, like, really terrible things to say about her family. Mm. Big surprise. (laughs) Because you wait for this. (laughs) So Diane admitted to police that she wasn't upset that Mark was dead because she, quote, hated his guts. (gasps) 
That was her husband. Her husband, Mark. Mm. She described Sean, her 26-year-old autistic son, mm. as worse than a pest. Don't. <gasps> Stop. <sighs> and she called Sarah, her 24-year-old daughter who just graduated from college. She called her lazy and wouldn't get a job. And she also oh explained to police that Sarah had a bunch of student loans that Diane had co-signed for that still needed to be paid. Oh boy. If you're innocent, you'd probably be a little bit nicer. <laughs> yeah. You would think. Yeah. Especially like, oh, I'm so grateful my daughter is alive. <laughs> yeah. What? So like with this game-changing information, the police needed to up their pressure on Diane when they were questioning her. So they mentioned that Mark and Sean's deaths and Sarah's injuries were consistent with antifreeze poisoning. They just like laid it out there. And eventually Diane said Mark and Sean were drinking antifreeze to commit suicide. Okay. Yeah. Hear my eye roll. That never came <laughs> up before. Like, yeah. Only when the police mentioned antifreeze did she say, oh, wait, yeah, they were drinking antifreeze to commit suicide. Yeah. Now suicide. that you mentioned it, I totally forgot. <laughs> yeah. I forgot, yeah. So um, with even more pressure from police, she completely unraveled and did admit to giving all three of them antifreeze in Coke and Gatorade. So she was slipping it in their drinks. Mm. (sighs) So with that confession, Diane was immediately arrested and then the police went to go do a search of the home. And what do you know? The detectives found antifreeze in their garage right next to a six pack of Coke. Oh my God. God. It can't get more convenient than that. Can it? I would like, I don't really know what antifreeze is, but like, I would assume you would taste it or it wouldn't like change the consistency of like a. Yeah, I'll get into the the, the antifreeze. How she did it. Yes. So, um, they found the antifreeze in the garage so they did a search of the whole house and another thing that police found in their search kind of shocked them they took a purple journal from the house that belonged to diane's favorite child rachel inside that diary they found an entry before her father was killed kind of written like she knew something was about to happen one of the lines she wrote said quote it will be tough getting used to the changes, but everything will work out. Police guilty. Kind of, yeah. Police <laughs> kind of theorized that Rachel knew her father and brother were going to die and was just trying to process that information. Yeah. So because this was Rachel's diary, they brought her in for questioning and she easily confessed to helping her mom plot and carry out the murders of her father, brother, <gasps> and sister. How old was she? 22. Mm. so Rachel told police that her and her mother even researched different ways they could kill their family one of them being suffocation but they decided not to suffocate their family and decided on antifreeze poisoning what just like late night google searches with your mom (laughs) yeah (laughs) so the two of them even bought like old-fashioned antifreeze online because you, like you couldn't get this in stores because the newer kind apparently has this bitter taste to it 
because I, I mean I'm, I'm not really well versed on like antifreeze poisoning of, and like how many people have been poisoned by antifreeze yeah. but I guess it's bad enough that they put something bitter tasting in it now in case you drink it you like you would know you're drinking antifreeze that's terrifying that we need to do that right? yeah. <laughs> so because they ordered old-fashioned antifreeze online the two of them could slip it into their drinks and then their family members would never know. Rachel admitted they thought it would be hard or almost impossible for police to find out it was them. I mean, (laughs) not many other people. (laughs) Right? So um, Rachel also said that she was fine with murdering her father, but but didn't want to poison her brother or sister. She said she only went along with it because she didn't want to disappoint her mom. Or she didn't want to open, have a can of Coke in it. Be- yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so she also told police that her younger sister, Brianna, could have been next and that she was scared her mom would want to poison her too. How old was Brianna? <laughs> Brianna was 12. <gasps> yeah, no, get her out of there. <laughs> so... Police asked Rachel why her mother wanted to kill her own husband and children. And this is what Rachel said. She said, quote, as far as dad, it was for a little piece. Sean, because he was annoying. Sarah was just nosy, very nosy. Relatable. (laughs) No lies detected. I'm I'm very, very nosy. So it must be the Sarah thing. I don't know. It, that's just so shocking how like bluntly she was like yeah I wanted peace for my dad Sean was annoying and my sister was nosy that's why I wanted like, to kill them I could argue that my siblings are some of the most annoying <laughs> siblings you'd ever meet cut this out <laughs> oh I'll leave it in Douglas and Caitlin you are so annoying <laughs> <laughs> but well I have I ever hit them? Yes. Have I s- taken things from my sister's room just to punish her? Yes. <laughs> the truth comes out. <laughs> Would I put antifreeze in their Coca-Cola? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. They're annoying, but they're not worth it. Yeah. They're annoying, That's but fair. They, are, they are not worth going to jail for. <laughs> You know, <laughs> that's the only reason why the antifreeze thing wouldn't work. You just didn't want to go to jail, and I don't know where you buy antifreeze online. Clearly, <laughs> well, I was gonna say, if, these like, two dummies could, if these two dummies could do it, like I feel like anybody could. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, police also like question Rachel why they decided to take Sarah to the hospital if they wanted her dead, just like her dad and brother. Yeah, because like Mark and Sean both died in the home but like they brought sarah to the hospital and rachel told police that they didn't want another person to die in their house and that quote houses are nasty after somebody's died in it these two need serious help they need jesus yeah (laughs) they had jesus they put the organ and flute at church they need medication medication is what they need Dr. Phil. Yeah, they need Dr. Phil and a prescription for a sedative. (laughs) So if that wasn't damning enough, when they arrested Rachel and took her belongings, they found a chilling poem in her purse. (gasps) Oh, hell no. (laughs) 
Well, I'm just, I'm going to read you the last line of this poem. Okay. It said, only the quiet ones will be left. My mother, my little sister, and me. Now, as a writer, (laughs) what is your evaluation of her poem? Like, well Uh, written? They didn't, her poem, like, wasn't released. They just released that last line. So not much to go off of. Not much to go off of, but I could confidently say she was involved. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, with both Diane and Rachel arrested, Rachel was offered a plea deal if she agreed to testify against her mother, which she decided to do. Good. So Rachel pled guilty to second degree murder and testified against Diane in exchange for the death penalty to be taken off the table. We're in Missouri. So I was literally just thinking that question. Where are we again? (laughs) Yeah, we're in Missouri. (laughs) So in the end, Rachel was sentenced to two life sentences with the possibility of parole after 42 and a half years. Wow. Not good enough. I know, right? (laughs) In Diane's trial, she pled guilty to one count of first degree murder, one count of second degree murder, and one count of first degree assault in exchange for no death penalty. She was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. I feel like she also should have been charged with like there's some like abuse to the one daughter that she actually liked right yeah I like this was what I was gonna say next like I couldn't find any information about the youngest daughter Brianna um even like after her mom and sister went to prison I couldn't find anything and I just imagine it's because like she was still a minor at the time yeah so they probably couldn't release much about her or like where she was living or what she was doing after that yeah So um, Sarah Stoddy, who now lives in an assisted living facility following her injuries, she spoke at both her mother and sister's trials. Against them? Yeah, but she she did like testify against them, but she also like made a statement at the trial and she forgave both her mom and her sister. And this is what she said. She said, not only did she take away my dad and brother, she also took away my livelihood and my independence. I prefer to be a survivor than a victim. Wow. Go girl. No, it's just like, oh, it just makes me so sad because like her whole life is ruined. Yeah. Mm. Just think you're going to have a Coke and And next thing you know, your mom's poisoning you. Right. Like she's 26 years old. Like she was just starting out her the rest of her life. Yeah. And now she needs to live in assisted living for the rest of her life. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. So since Diane oversaw Mark and Sean Stoddy's arrangements at the time of their death, um, they didn't get funerals when they passed away. So um, a brick was like dedicated to the both of them at the victim's memorial garden in their hometown of Springfield. Oh, that's like totally not what they deserve after being murdered by their <laughs> wife and mother but I mean it's really nice that like someone cared enough to like give them a proper goodbye you know yeah um so Diane and Rachel were sentenced in 2016 so more recently actually this year Diane had an interview with 2020 and where she said she's innocent in all of this <laughs> Diane 
Yeah. She claims that she was just told what to say and told what to confess to. And that there's way more than what the public knows. So who is she saying is the real culprit? Listen to me. She even claims that she was poisoned herself. Goodbye. Bye, Diane. Diane. Come on. You've had your time. (laughs) So like, just, just to wrap this up with like more information that just like makes me fucking hate this woman to her core. (laughs) Um, I'm just going to share this quote I found. Um, so when, when Diane was asked about her daughter, Sarah, and like what happened to her. So this is what she said. She goes, I'm sorry for what she went through, but you know, I'm sorry for what everybody goes through. I'm sorry for what I've had to go through. Oh, she crazy. Oh, I want to go to jail just <laughs> to beat her ass. Right? <laughs> It's infuriating. I have like Arthur fist right now. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. So, um, while this is the Stoddy family murders, it's also known as the Missouri anti-freeze murders. Wow. It's solved. We know who did it, even though yeah. it's fucking delusional. My mom will be happy yeah. <laughs> that it was solved. That's <sighs> nuts right got a little plot twist in there with the daughter yeah yeah she crazy too she just wanted to i guess live up to her mom's expectations because diane clearly hated three of the four of her children she just what did she say she just wanted to be the quiet ones yep move out (laughs) right imagine being the youngest sister and finding that poem before any of this like came out Mm -mm. i don't know oh my god but like that's the thing she was the breadwinner right like she had the money in the family so like leave the dad and yeah like if you want to be oh sorry go ahead i was just she never really said like why besides she hated her husband was annoyed by her son and like was also annoyed by her daughter like it was just like being annoyed was what it came down to like if you want to be a shitty mom then just fucking leave and leave your kids yeah if you want to be a shitty mom then be a shitty mom killing them is not it's a very different version of being a shitty mom but it's not worth that I can't even imagine like I wonder if their plan was to it would just be like Diane and Rachel left like that they would kill the husband and then three of the other kids even like the 12 year old girl like Rachel did say that she was like kind of afraid that her mom would want to poison Brianna next it kind of sounds like eventually even if it was just the two of them that uh Diane would have gotten like paranoid and eventually did the same thing yeah and like I don't even know what the end goal was like even if Diane like killed off her entire family like for what like it's not like she had like a secret boyfriend or like a separate family or like any type of motive besides she was annoyed oh that's so scary (laughs) that there's people like that out there like I wonder what I wonder what made her like snap and like was there any was she like like a violent teenager or like young adult you know what I mean like yeah she's definitely like a I I don't know the difference between like a psychopath and a sociopath but one of them is like you literally like can't think about anything else but yourself and like you do what you it's just like you're crazy (laughs) yeah I mean like they lived a pretty normal life like 
up until this point, like they're like Mark and Diane were high school sweethearts. Like the oldest son was 26. So it's not like, was she just annoyed for 26 years? Right. Like who knows? That'll do it. That'll do it though. Well, <laughs> moral of the story is pour your own drinks. Yeah. Know where your drinks come from. Yep. And maybe don't drink from, soda. <laughs> stay away from crazy mothers. An antifreeze. Oh, geez. Yeah. Shout out oh. to antifreeze companies who now put bitter shit in antifreeze so you know if you're drinking it or not. Oh, my God. Well, that's so disturbing. Awful. Yeah. But good job. Yeah. You told that story beautifully. I love the question. Right? Real to sin. Yeah, yeah real. Did I did I reel you in? Yeah. Yes. I'm gonna steal that for when I go. Okay. Bye. Yeah, bye. Resources for this episode include Diane and Rachel Stoddy, The Antifreeze Murders. Article written by Delaney R. Bartlett. Here's everything you need to know about the Stoddy Antifreeze Murders. Article from the Springfield News Leader, written by Harrison Keegan. Crime Traveler. The Chilling Murders of the Stoddy Family, article from 4statehomepage.com, written by Christina Randall. Murder by Antifreeze, How a Mother and Daughter Plotted to Kill Their Family Members, One at a Time, article from People.com, written by Casey Baker.